to Season 2 of Granite State Golfers with Micah. I am an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. This episode features Rob Henley, who is fresh off his first NHGA victory, capturing the New Hampshire Mid-Am last week at Rochester Country Club by a comfortable margin. We talk about the tournament and we discuss his strong finishes in some other big tournaments this summer. I asked Rob about his time playing golf at Dartmouth under coach Rich Parker, his time away from golf after college, and his return to competitive golf in recent years. We also discuss hot dogs. After my conversation with Rob, I share some reflections on my experience playing the Mid-Am last week. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Rob. Hey, Rob, welcome to Granite State Golfers, and thanks for coming on the show. Let's jump in and talk about your big victory last week, capturing the New Hampshire Mid-Am at Rochester Country Club, and congratulations on your win. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. So you you had a great tournament. You had played well all summer, which we'll which we'll talk about. You shot a three day tournament at Rochester in the mid am. Uh, you shot minus nine over the three days. Uh, obviously, you had a good summer. Uh, how are you feeling going into the mid am? And you had said in a couple interviews I read that you really wanted this first NHGA victory, but. How were you feeling about your confidence and sort of maybe pressure you were putting on yourself heading into the mid-am? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I had a good summer. I'd been playing well all summer. Um, I just hadn't quite gotten it done, I guess. Um, so I felt good going into the mid-am. I actually went camping the weekend before, and so I hadn't played golf in four days. Um, so that was kind of an, an unknown variable, I guess. But um you know, I came the first day I was hitting the ball great. I think I hit 17 greens. I hit most of the fairways um, and I just didn't really make any putts. Uh, and so, you know, I knew kind of I kept hitting the ball well. It was a course that was was very gettable. There's a lot of birdie holes, a few holes that you kind of got to pick your way around and be careful about. Um, but but basically the first kind of 11 holes of the course, you're thinking I can, I can birdie any one of these holes. And so, yeah, that was... I'd only played Rochester once uh, prior to the tournament, uh, and it was in a it was in a steamer event where they set up the course incredibly tough. The pins are on uh, slopes. Anybody who's played in that tournament knows what I'm talking about. I didn't I didn't know the course that well going in, so I guess that was another kind of variable figuring it figuring it out kind of while I was playing it. Um, yeah, I hit the ball great the first. I hit the ball great all week, so that kind of helped. I didn't have I didn't get myself into too much trouble at all. After you, so I think you were, you know, at, at top of the leaderboard the whole time. You've got the lead going into the final third day. Did your mindset have to change at all for the third day? And I guess in particular, you know, as you get to the back nine and you're feeling like, okay, vi- victory is now close here. I mean, how much were you thinking about that? And did your motivation and desire to win like where did that creep in at all? And how, how were you feeling on that last nine holes? It was interesting. I feel like I thought more about winning, you know, the first day or two than I did the last day. Uh, I was the last day I was, you know, just, I, I was pretty focused on 
the game and and hitting shots and and trying to make putts and um it honestly didn't really creep in that much i mean i i knew kind of roughly where i stood most of the day because i was playing you know with two of the other guys and then you know they have the leaderboards driving around so you can kind of kind of see where you're at i kind of knew that i had to play well i you know there's a bunch of good players out there um so any one of them could have shot a a low score where i would have needed to shoot the actual 68 to to win um and so you know i i just kind of focused on on my game i got off to kind of like a okay start i made a bunch of pars um you know hit some i was i was driving the ball well but i hit some kind of squirrely irons early on some some bad approach shots uh but you know i made a i made a decent two putt par on five and then birdied six and kind of settled in from there nice what let's talk about some of the holes i also played in the tournament didn't get a chance to see day three let's talk about some of the holes you mentioned you felt holes one through 11 were pretty gettable the back nine certainly seemed for me quite a bit more challenging than the front nine particularly stretch of holes 13 and 14 and i'd love to talk talk about hole 14 um uphill par four um and on day two, they had the pin location up at the top of the green, and that's a severely sloped green, both you know back to front and frankly left to right. Uh, and uh, my group had some challenges with that hole location on day two. Curious where the pin was on day three, and and your thoughts on hole fourteen? Yeah, f- fourteen. That green is insane. Um, <laughs> there's only really two pin locations on the whole green like kind of the middle of the green there's a little shelf and then that back shelf which is you know about five feet wide and it's right on the back edge of the green um so day three the pin was on that middle shelf kind of where it was on day one except a little further towards the right side of the green okay Um, and i hit you know all three days i hit three wood off that tee because it kind of calls for a draw and that's the club I'm most comfortable hitting a draw with. Um, I hit good drives the first two days. The last day I hit a pretty good drive. It just didn't quite draw enough. It ended up in that bunker. Um, yeah. And then I, I, I kind of fatted my bunker shot out to the right and then fatted my chip and I was still kind of off the green line three. And, but it, I had a pretty, I had a really easy uh, second chip. Actually I chipped it to about six inches and, and made bogey. Uh, that that was the only day I bogeyed it. I, I buried it the first day and part had a two putt part of the second day. Um, nice. Any other holes? Seventeen, I know, gave um, some folks some some trouble. What were your thoughts on seventeen? Seventeen gave me some trouble too. Um, again, it's the green there. Just the green is so severe. Um, the uh, the first day I made double on seventeen from the greenside bunker. I, I didn't hit a good drive. I kind of um, had to punch one up there towards the green and, and put it in the greenside bunker and then ended up making six from there. Um, so even if you're up close to that green, uh, anything can happen basically because because it's so severe. And then the um, second day I three putted it for bogey. Uh, you know, I, I had a good, I had a good drive that day and okay approach shot to like 20 feet, but it was just a putt that I couldn't keep within I hit a pretty good putt. I think it, I think I missed maybe a four foot comeback, so I, I probably shouldn't have bogeyed it. But um, you know, there's just a, a lot of crazy stuff going on on that green. Uh, yeah. and the last day I had a good good two putt. Um, you know, kind of a 
it was one of those putts where it was about 30 feet, but you're playing, you know, you're basically aiming dead right and playing it like it's a 10 footer. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, um, let's talk about the hot dogs. I, you know, reading a little bit about you, there seems to be this, I don't know how old this tradition is, but I want to hear when it started, but there's something about the hot dog at the turn that fuels you for the back nine, but what's the, where did this hot dog tradition start? I guess it started, you know, I play in a Saturday morning group with a bunch of guys at Lake Sonope. Um, you know, we usually make the turnaround. Uh, we play first, first tee time out at seven 30, we make the, t- the turnaround nine. And so some days I would, I would get a hot dog at, you know, nine o'clock when we make the turn and people thought that was kind of weird, I guess. Um, but you know, I was hung, play nine holes, you get kind of hungry. So I, I would get a dog some days. And then, um, I guess where it kind of got solidified was at the, um, am last year, the first round I, I played really well and I had a dog at the turn. And I, I mentioned that in my interview there and everybody kind of, uh, thought it was interesting, I guess, or, or funny. So anyways, it, it's worked well. Uh, yeah. it, it, uh, you know, I, I actually didn't have a dog the first day, um, but I, I had dogs the second two days at, at Rochester. How were how the quality of the dogs at Rochester? Uh, you know, they they were at least made that morning. They weren't like, <laughs> at least um, bun, bun was a little soggy, um, but, you know, got the job done. Any um, Any course in New Hampshire you want to give a shout out to for great dogs? Um, actually Manchester did have really good dogs at the end this year. Um, they, well, and they had two dog locations. They had the clubhouse dogs and they had the snack shack dogs. So the clubhouse dogs were by far the way to go. Okay. Well, good insider tip there. Um, let's, let's go back a little bit. Uh, where did you grow up and when did you start playing golf and who got you into the game? Grew up in Western Mass. I played golf, you know, pretty much my whole life. My uh, my dad was in the golf industry. He worked for Titleist for a number of years, and he worked for Spalding for a number of years. So, you know, I kind of grew up playing golf uh, in the summers, and uh, you know, out in Western Mass, there was a pretty good junior program. I had a lot of buddies who played, um, and so we had a we had a good group of of kids when we were growing up who who all we wanted to do all summer was you know play golf all day. Nice. Um, were you, did you play in tournaments as a kid? Yeah, I played in some, I mean, I, they, there was like a local, um, summer, I guess you could call it a tour type of thing called the Mountain Dew tour out in Western Mass. And they would have like a tournament every weekend. Um, it was kind of Western Mass and Western Connecticut. And it was, it was fun. You know, I'd play in some of those events. Uh, I didn't play in much of like the bigger stuff. I didn't really do any AJGA or anything like that as a kid. I was you know, I was decent and when I was younger. I wasn't, I, I'm, you know, I wasn't one of those like standout golfers as a kid though. Okay. Did you play in high school on a team? Yep. Yep. Played in high school. Um, we had a great high school team actually won back to back state championships in mass in, uh, 04 and 05, my junior and senior year. I, I was, I think I played four or five on a team. So okay. we were pretty good. <laughs> and what, what kind of scores were you shooting at the end of high school? Well, we, we played nine whole matches. I think my scoring average was like 38 okay. for the year, 37, 38, something like yeah. that. Um, and when you were wrapping up high school, 
did you know you was wanting to go to college to play golf in college? Was that a goal of yours? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, you know, I, I can't think of a better way to uh, spend your college time than playing on a college golf team. Honestly, it's just like, it's such a tight knit group of people. You get to play golf, you know, as much as you want, um, get to travel, um, play in tournaments, go play various courses. You never get to play, uh, in your life if you weren't on a, on a college golf team. Um, and so it's a pretty unique experience. And I, 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 you know, when I was visiting schools back in high school, it was definitely something that was, was important for me. So you, you ended up going to Dartmouth, uh, and you, played on the golf team there under Coach Parker. I, I got to meet Coach Parker in the last episode, who was a lot of fun to listen to with with his stories. Um, what was it about wanting to go to Dartmouth and to play for Coach Parker? So I actually, I got recruited by the prior coach. Um, he left like right before we came to school and they were like, yeah, we got this interim guy. His name's Rich Parker. Uh, I was like, okay, I have, I have no idea who Rich, you know, I'm coming from Mass. I, I didn't know. I didn't know rich my dad knew rich or knew of rich um because he he'd done he played in some mass opens and, and was a great player and um so i kind of i kind of had some idea that he was a really good golfer but i didn't really know anything about him coming in other than that um but you know he had a you know great freshman fall he honestly like you know that that first um couple months playing for him was was amazing. Like I, I don't think I'd ever played with a guy who was that good at golf that that often, well, probably ever, honestly. Um, and and just watching him play, how he how he made his way around the course was was an education in itself. Cool. Um, any particular tournaments from your time at Dartmouth that stand out for you? I mean, we won a couple of Dartmouth Invitationals. Um, we won it my senior year uh, as well. So that was always fun winning at home because, you know, you'd have guys who your friends would, who would come out and watch. And, you know, it's, just, it's kind of a unique um, thing that you don't get at other other tournaments where you have your actual friends who are fans uh, coming and watching. Um, so that was fun. We 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 were a decent team. Um, we probably underachieved a little bit uh, in, in some respects. The, the tournament you always wanted to win was Ivy Championship. Um, because if you won that, then you would go to the sectionals and, and your season continued essentially. Um, we never won that while I was there. We, we had a couple of, my senior year, we had a decent chance. We had Peter Williamson was a freshman that year. He played great. Um, we, the rest of the team played decent, but we just didn't, we didn't quite get it done. Yeah. So you, after Dartmouth, what did golf look like for you when you left college? Um, I didn't play much golf from when I was kind of like 22 to 28 um, lived out in California for six years uh, would maybe play once a month. Um, I didn't play in any competitive events while I was out there. Um, you know, we would, I had a, a few friends who we'd go out and play occasionally when we had time. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a bunch of good courses in, I lived in San Francisco. There's, there's Presidio, there's Harding park. There's a bunch of stuff around the city. So there's, there's a ton of good, good golf courses. So, um, you know, if I were to do it again, I'd probably play a lot more golf, um, while, while I was out there, but, you know, in 2016, my wife and I, we decided we were going to move back to the East coast. I, I wasn't working for like 
the last three months we were out there maybe. And so I kind of tried to make up for it. And I, I played golf pretty much every day, um, nice. you know, at the end of, at the end of our time out there. And when you came back East, did you start beginning to play more? Yeah, I started to play a bit more. Um, once I was back East, uh, we, we lived in Boston for, um, five years and I, I played, uh, you know, a, a decent amount out there. I started playing in some tournaments again. I played in a couple mass ams. Um and uh you know I, I started playing a bit more competitive golf again. And honestly like it was, you know, after taking six years off of competitive golf, it I used it kind of more of as like uh hey this is a good reason to get my game in shape. Um go out and practice, hit balls, chip and putt. Um you know in, in the couple of weeks leading up to a tournament and and that's kind of you know, why I, I kind of got back into playing competitive golf again. Yeah. And then it, you know, I, I was, I, um, you know, I, I started playing, you know, probably, you know, last five years since we moved back, um, or eight years, I guess now I, I probably played like 20 to 25 rounds of golf a year. Um, so not a ton, but this summer I was able to play a lot more, uh, and actually kind of get the game in, in good shape. So that, yeah. was, that was a lot more fun. Do you think playing more is a big factor in your success this year? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, last, last summer I, you know, I was playing once a week, Saturday mornings. Um, and then you, you just don't have consistency in your game. You don't really know where the ball's going. Uh, and, and then putting and, and uh short game is um, a lot more, questionable too like you might have some good rounds where your feels on and then you know you're you're but your feels inconsistent so um you know being able to play a lot more this summer um you definitely you know it's just a consistency game at the end of the day right like uh if you have some confidence where the balls ball might be going uh (laughs) you're probably gonna gonna feel better about your game and and uh and play better overall yeah um and so now your your home course is Lake Sunapee? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a great I've gotten to play that in um actually the whole idea for this podcast started when I got to meet Bob Mealcars uh many years ago in a summer charity benefit tournament that was always held at Lake Sunapee. Uh so Lake Sunapee's got a I love that course. Have gotten to play it once or twice a year and uh that's that's great that that's your home course. That's a good track. Yeah, I love that course. It's um it's super playable, very walkable. Um the the greens are tough. Honestly, it's hard to make putts out there. So it's a good challenge, but you know, it's it's all right in front of you. You you know, you it's it's hard to to shoot a really bad score there either. Um but you know, we have a we've got a good group on on Saturday mornings. We we go out and play in 3 hours and we're done. You know, there's a good group of, of guys around the club as well. Nice. It, it is a playable course, although I'm not a big fan of hole 12. <laughs> what's, your stra- what's, your, what's your strategy on hole 12? Uh, I struggle with hole 12, too. Um, it's, um, you know, it's 240 uphill uh, and the greens only, you know, there, there's two different sections of the greens. So each one of them is maybe eight, 10 yards wide. Right. So it's, it's like, okay, try to hit it 
to the front of the green and and see if you can make a par somehow. <laughs> I, I think I've hit that. I've probably played the whole 50 times this year. I've hit the green like three times. I just don't have a good part of the problem is I don't have a good club for it. Honestly, it's like, it should be a two iron is a little too much and a three iron. I don't carry. So four iron doesn't get there. So I have to hit these, try to hit these little two irons and it doesn't work. <laughs> um, so let's go back to the summer. So you, you, you win the mid am last week. You come in second place in the stadium at Manchester, losing in 37 holes to Jack Pepin in the finals. I want to talk about that. And then in, I think it was in August, you come in second in the stroke play championship. So let's say the three of the arguably the biggest tournaments, you know, you get a second, a second and a first. So you've had you've had quite a year. Um, let's go back to the stadium. You played great. You get to the finals against Jack. Now that or a few months past um, when that tournament happened. What sticks with you? What do you think about now when you reflect back on that final round with Jack? You know, we had a great match. It was, I think we probably have to like 10 out of the 37 holes, maybe 11. I, I don't know, but there were not many halved holes all day. Um, he was, he was three up early uh, in the, the first nine holes. I, I won like seven out of the next nine holes or something like that. And, and, um, we ended the first 18, I was four up. Then I think I lost five out of the next seven holes to be one down again, like, uh, you know, through, through, um, I don't know, 25 or 26 holes. And, and then, you know, we had some good back and forth from there. Um, you know, I, the hot dogs came into play again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a dog. I got a dog on eleven. I birdied eleven. I think to get back to one down. Um, and then I had another dog on fifteen, which I birdied to get again back to one down after having having uh, you know a lost hole or two in the in between. Um, and then you know, I want I I was what two down with four to play, um, and I I birdied fifteen. Uh, 16 is hard par three, um, to 25. And I, I made a good par there. He made bogey and then 17. So we were even going into 17. Jack, uh, hit a bad chip on 17 and ended up making double. Um, so I was one up going into the, the last hole of the tournament. Um, and so basically I was standing on the 18th tee thinking, make a birdie and you win this thing. I, we both hit okay drives. Uh, mine went just through into the rough. Jack, uh, I, I played first. I hit it kind of a, I, I hit it kind of a weak. I only had 110 yards. I hit a pretty weak wedge shot to like, I don't know, 30 feet or something like that, just off the green. Jack hit it in there to like seven feet, but he had a, a tough slider. Um, and I hit my putt up there, you know, foot short. It was conceded, and then he made the putt to go to extra holes. Um, so that was, you know, I, I kind of. I guess I regret not hitting a better approach shot there on 18, putting a little bit more pressure on him to hit a good shot. Um, and then the other piece of it was I was just so dead that week. Like, um, you know, you play three round, you know, three 18 hole rounds in a row, and then you start playing 36 hole rounds. And I, I was waking up every morning with like cold sweats and uh, my body just ached. Like I, I was, you know, downing a bunch of Advil on the, on the first tee and going out and seeing how it all worked. Cause like I was sore, I was, you know, I was struggling, honestly. Um, so I was, I was happy with how I played that week. 
given the circumstances and, um, you know, would have loved to win it. Um, obviously, um, you can, you can think back through, you know, a million different yeah. shots you hit up there and, and could have done better. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he played well enough to beat me and I couldn't quite get it done. Yeah. Well, great, great summer of golf. Congratulations. A few more things here. Let's talk about your game. Um, one thing that's already stuck with me, you mentioned in the first round at Rochester last week, you hit 17 out of 18 greens in regulation, which is staggering to me. So talk about your game. What what are some of the strengths of your game that you're that you know are pretty dependable and what's maybe a part of your game you're still working on? Yeah, my my ball striking is usually pretty good. Um it, you know, it can get a little wacky, you know, I got a two-way miss some days, but um usually I drive the ball pretty well, keep it in play. Uh my iron game is usually pretty solid. Um so it kind of comes down to wedge wedge play and putting for me most of the time. You know, yeah, I, I at Rochester I was hitting the ball great um and hitting it on the greens, hitting it honestly pretty close um a lot of the time and just not making putts and then the last day, I actually had to grind a little bit more. I had I had to make some up and downs. Um, I had to, I made a few. I actually made a few birdie putts, um, like you know, fifteen twenty foot putts, um, which was good. So that that's always kind of the variable is just, is the putter working. I can kind of uh, usually you know scrape it around, and depends on whether the putter's hot or not. Let's talk about what's in the bag. Let's start at driver and walk me through what you're currently playing. Yeah, um, I have a TaylorMade Stealth 2 driver. Uh, I had the original Stealth, but the face popped out a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so I I got the, I have the Stealth 2 now. Um, I have a Callaway 3-wood. Um, one of the, you know, Epics is probably five years old. I don't know which one. Yeah. Um, and then I have um, a 2-iron TaylorMade, kind of like a... You know, it's it has a shaft, the same shaft in it as my three wooden driver. Um, so it's kind of like a driving iron that I hit mostly off the tee. Um, so it's a keep it in play club. Um, and then I have um, Mizuno MP15 irons that I've had for ten years or so, and Voki wedges and a Odyssey two ball putter that I've had for I don't know fifteen or twenty years now. Nice. What what ball do you play with? Uh, Pro V1, regular. Yeah. How do you yeah. how do you mark your ball? Usually just with a a dot, either on next to the number or next to the Titleist logo. Any particular uh, color? Uh, I have like a a couple of markers in my bag. I have a black marker, a green marker, and a blue marker. So I, I'm not superstitious about the color or anything. Right. I usually play high numbers. Yeah. I I, I honestly I I. If I'm just going out and playing, I don't even mark my ball. But for tournaments, it's kind of like, oh crap, I got to you know throw a mark on this thing. So. <laughs> uh, this next round, I call gimmies, just short little questions. What's your favorite course or or two in New Hampshire? Uh, I love Lake Sunapee, the golf course formerly known as Hanover Country Club, where I'm sure yeah, you had many rounds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not not the greatest course, but you know, obviously has a special place yeah, for me. Um, sure, but uh, uh, it's always sad when you drive by it and it's just a cow pasture now. Yeah. 
Um, current favorite club in your bag? Driver. Find a lot of fairways? Try to, yeah. Hit it long and straight. That's the idea. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, multiple choice. Um, you can choose between crushing a driver, flushing a mid-iron, say a five-iron, or draining a long putt. Which of those three are you going to take? The five-iron. How come? There's just no better feeling, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you might get, like, two long iron shots around, right? Maybe, you know, three or four if there's a bunch of long par threes or or reachable par fives. But you just don't get that shot that often. And when yeah. you hit it well, it, it you know, it, it's a difference maker, I guess, because, like, you, you hit a five iron from, you know, way out to, you know, right at the pin. You're like, okay, I just turned a, a potential bogey into a potential birdie. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Uh, do you have a favorite player on the PGA and or LPGA tour? I don't I don't know, like right now. <laughs> um, I was always like a, a Tiger fan, you know, when I was younger. And I, I always liked Ernie Els when I was younger. Just yeah. the way, you know, the big easy. That's, yeah, nice tempo. Yeah. Yeah, tempo is like half of what I think about on the course. So I always liked Ernie. Um, and right now, I, I don't know. I, I like the guy. I like the guys at the top, but none of them are like I'm rooting for them on a on a given week type yeah. of thing. Yeah, I feel the same. Uh, is there a course or two on your bucket list that you really would like to play? Anywhere, Augusta. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> No, I've I've played a lot of great courses. Um, you know, in college we got to play a lot of amazing courses, but I've never been to I, I've been to the Masters, but I never played the course. So that would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Just to wrap up here, you know, golf's been a big part of your life. You've been playing since a kid. You've played at a played golf at a in college. Uh, you've had an awesome summer, winning a big big tournament. Uh, so what is it about this game uh, that we play uh, that can drive us mad sometimes, but why do you love the game of golf so much? It's just always a a challenge. You know, you go into it every day thinking you're going to shoot the best score you've ever shot and you come out, you know, battered and bruised and, but still wanting more. Right. Like, and um, I don't know. I just, I just love the, you know, the time, outdoors with friends it's the best game there is well said well thanks rob it was nice to meet you i enjoyed speaking with you uh congratulations on your win last week again thanks for coming on the show thank you very much for having me appreciate it just a brief postscript from my conversation with rob as i mentioned to rob i also played in the mid-am i only got to play the first two days because i didn't make the cut um Several years ago, I had asked a couple head pros that I had taken some lessons with what their advice was on how to get better. And one of the things they both shared with me was that I should should start playing in tournaments. And I didn't I didn't play in any tournaments growing up. I wasn't on a high school team. Didn't play golf in college. Um, and it hasn't been until the last handful of years that I've started playing in some tournaments playing the club championship at the Oaks and have played now in a handful of the mid-ams. And my goal going into these tournaments is simply to make the cut, which I've come close to once. Um, but 
it remains a little bit elusive. So when Rob said that he thought the first 11 holes were gettable uh, and, and birdieable, it, that's a good example of the difference between the top players in this state and then golfers at my level who are you know, playing in these tournaments and, and just trying to hang on and survive. I had a couple good rounds. Uh, I shot uh, on each day, I shot a 37, um, but in the end, uh, the second nine each day would, would do me in, including uh, on the first day, I made a 10. I got stuck in a sand trap. So if anyone out there um, has some good bunker lessons, please hook me up with that. Um, but the playing in the mid-am was a reminder of what it is for me that I love about golf. And as I close out most of my conversations with uh, in the podcast, I asked the the guests what it is about the game that they love so much. And one thing that you hear from some of these players is how much they love the competition. A lot of these golf top golfers have been competing in tournaments their whole lives. But you also hear some of them talk about that it's the people you get to meet. And that's a big piece of it for me. I love getting to meet all sorts of people when I play golf and want to give a shout out to Andrew and Taylor uh, Tyler, who I was paired with at the mid-am, had never met these guys before, but over the course of the two days we played together, you know, we spent a total of 10 hours or so together and just had a great chat with them. Um, Never talked about work, which was great. Um, Talked about our families, talked about our hobbies, talked about golf trips we've been on and just had a great time. And I would have never met them if it wasn't for this great game. And then there is the pursuit of the good shots that we're all going after. Um, again, I had stretches of holes where I played really well um, in competition, which felt good. And then other holes that I completely blew up on and nerves got the better of me. But overall, it was a good experience. And I'm reminded of one of my favorite golf quotes, which I have in my office from the from the writer Charlie Warzel. This appeared in a Golfer's Journal article in the last year or so. And he says, we found solace in a game that punishes its participants only to offer them flashes of future success so tantalizing that they can't dream of giving it up. Despite its cruelty, golf is a game that encourages irrational optimism. And after I made the 10 on hole 13, uh, you know, one of the things I'm working on is how, do, how quickly can you move on from bad shots? Golf can be pretty cool, some, cruel sometimes. Um, but I think the quicker, I know for me, the quicker I can move on from the bad shots and focus on the next opportunity. Um, that's something I've been working on. So anyways, uh, thanks for listening again and we'll talk to you soon. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and share it with your friends. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and LGLG. LG.